everyone, welcome to the J&P's Happy Hour, where Jason and Perry bring you the most entertaining show you have ever drank to. So, sit back, take a shot with Jason and Perry, and enjoy the ride. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome on out to the Happy Hour. My name is Jay Brandon Ingram, and here I am. Been silent for a few weeks uh, due to a lot of reasons. Um... First off, Perry's been sick and in the hospital and a little MIA, and uh, I wish him well. Hope he's feeling better and getting his stuff together. I uh, would also like to apologize to uh, Ginger Wolf. We got an interview coming up with her that I did a couple weeks back uh, when Perry first got sick, and I have not got that up yet, so we're going to put that on the end, end of this, so please stick around for that. Now, all her links will be attached as well. She's a feature entertainer traveling the world. Uh, very nice, nice young lady and uh, with a lot of big hopes and aspirations. And uh, I wish her the absolute best. It was great talking to her. And uh, the interview was, uh, you know, gives you a lot of insight on what she's trying to do with the Guinness Book of World Records and uh, stuff to that nature. And uh, I know I might sound a little somber. I'm not my normal, happy, jovial self. And uh, that, that has a lot to do with um, with what's going on in the world. I thought about this long and hard and, you know, anybody that follows me on social media knows I'm just a dumbass. Um, I, I don't get involved in a lot of things. I, you know, I, I try to take things and see, see the lighter side of things and kind of make a joke out of things. Uh, you know, especially when it pertains to me and what I might be going through, I figure if I can laugh about it and then move on that it, that it just, uh, I don't know, uh, just, just always how I've always dealt with things. And, um, it's not something we can do today. Um, I've been doing a lot of watching, more listening than I have anything. And, uh, you know, for somebody that always, you know, I and mean, please don't get me wrong on this. Um, I don't, I have never thought, nor will I ever think that I am better than, than anyone. Um, I just thought I was always a, you know, pretty laid back guy that looked at everybody the same and um uh you know and indulge me if you would if you're listening to this you know um i'm just i don't have any notes i didn't write down anything you know when i decided to do this i was just going to speak from the heart and tell everybody what i thought in my opinion in my opinion alone it does not represent um, the PSN network that broadcasts this on iTunes, it, um, doesn't, it doesn't, uh, reflect what Perry thinks. Uh, this is strictly me. And the only way that I can do that is to start from the beginning. And, uh, by beginning, I mean my beginning, <coughs> excuse me. Um, you know, one of my fondest memories, one of my earliest memories, a fond one as well, um, well, you know, being five and six years old and, and playing baseball on a team coached by my dad. And, um, you know, he, uh, he picked up a lot of the kids for, um, for practice and the games. And the majority of them were black kids. Um, and, uh, you know, so from an early age, I, uh, you know, I, I just look, you know, they were my friends, they were my teammates, my friends. And, 
you know, that didn't, that didn't stop, you know, when we left the ball field, that didn't stop, you know, when we didn't, didn't talk to each other. I mean, I'm still friends with a lot of them on Facebook, um, today. And I'm, I'm glad it's one of the things about social media that I'm, that I'm glad about is cause I was born and raised in Martinsville, Virginia and moved to Richmond. Um, you know, I was 12 years old when we moved up here and, uh, you know, I, I, I came from, I came from a good family. I come from a good family. Um, you know, my, my parents, you know, they always taught me to treat everybody equally. Um, but you know, something I don't think they ever thought about and something I certainly haven't thought about was, uh, getting out and fighting to make sure that everybody else treated people the same way. And, you know, I sit here and watch this stuff and it, it, you know, disgust isn't the right word when it comes to everything I've seen, um, on the news for the past, however many days in a row it's been on. Uh, it breaks my heart to be honest with you. And, you know, And one of the reasons, one of the main reasons I should say that I'm doing it on this, this platform is you can't type up a post on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or anywhere else and get everything that you want to say out without possibly wording something wrong, leaving something out. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I don't do that, that, that shit on social media. It's just, I don't know. I've never, I'm, I've never been a real political person. I, I've never been any kind of activist. I just, I never saw the upside of the game to it. Um, I thought that, you know, if, you know, me going out and, you know, opening doors and saying yes, ma'am and no ma'am and yes, sir. And no, sir, to, to people that I came across with, you know, no matter of their, their gender their orientation, their color, their religion. You know, I, I've prided myself in, on a daily basis to go out and treat everybody the same. Um, and that's just not enough. You know, people can sit here and, uh, you know, I, I don't even know where, where to begin. You know, I, I just... You know, you sit here and you see these things, you get, you see the, the social media wars with people going on back and forth and, you know, it's hit me over the, over the past few days, actually past couple of weeks, as long as this stuff's been going on that, you know, as much as I like to sit here and say, you know, Hey, you, you never, you never treated anybody differently because of the way they looked. You know, me being passive is still part of the problem. I, you know, you know, my kids still live at home and they bring people over of every kind of background. And I, I treat them all like family. A lot of them call me dad. You know, some call me Jason. Some, you know, it doesn't really matter. I just try to make everybody feel welcome, but it's not enough. You know, 
four years ago when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, I didn't, I took my normal stance on things. I, I didn't, I didn't go one way or the other with it. Um, the only thing I really said about it was, you know, if the rest of us that didn't, didn't have, you know, and I mean, black, white, anything would go into their job and, you know, talk about their political views and everything else, we probably wouldn't have one. And, but I also said that, you know, everybody griping and moaning that Kaepernick took a knee during the national anthem, you know, whether you liked it or you didn't, those soldiers that go overseas that everybody was saying he was disrespecting, well, that's, that's what they fought for. They, you know, they, they fought for, for the rights to do things. They fought for the right, you know, to free speech. And what people need to understand, you know, and some of this that I may say, you know, I'm sure not everybody's going to agree with, you know, but freedom of speech, you know, is alive and well. Don't, don't doubt it. So are the consequences, you know, and I, I did, I did make a comment on somebody's post about, you know, that ask what happened to freedom of speech. And, you know, that's exactly what I commented. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, exactly what I said. You know, the consequences are alive and well too. If you want to, you know, if you want to post, you know, racial stuff and, you know, that you hate this person or you hate that person because of who they are or what they look like, you know, karma's going to catch up. You know, whether you get fired or, you know, you get blasted on social media, you lose friends, you know, it's, it's going to catch up to you. And, you know, it's like I said, you know, so many things can be taken out of context. And, but one thing I, I want to make sure I get across is, you know, I don't have the platform of, uh, you know, say a Howard Stern or you know, a CNN or a Fox news or MSNBC or hell, even the local news, you know, your local CBS, Fox, ABC, NBC, you know, I've got a few listeners out there and I'm, you know, maybe a few more will trickle in, but I've got, I've got some kind of platform and, you know, it's time that everybody used it for change and you can't just tell somebody that something has to change and then not monitor it. You know, change without it being monitored is, you know, it's like telling your kid not to do something. And as soon as you turn your back and you're not watching them, they do it again. And I mean, I hate to use that as a, as a comparison, but you know, we, we do things and okay. I spoke out. That's enough. I don't have to do anything else. No, you do. You know, I see these people arguing, about what, you know, white privilege is and I'm not privileged and I'm not this and I'm not that. And, you know, and it, it took me a little while to kind of understand the concept again, because <clears throat> like I said, I, I, I've just always treated everybody the same and, and, you know, I've worked my ass off all my life for everything I've gotten. And as I sat down and for the first time in my life started to actually listen, 
I got it. Hit me like a ton of bricks. You know, when, you know, when, when I go out and if I'm in my car and, you know, I got a police officer behind me with his lights on, I'm just praying I don't get a ticket. I'm, I, you know, and you've got other people because of the color of their skin praying that they don't die. You know, I, I've, I've never been so disgusted seeing some of the stuff that I've seen about, you know, I, I don't care what kind of life George Floyd led. I don't. He didn't deserve to die. And these people that are coming out and trying to criminalize him for his past or, you know, maybe he, you know, maybe he did drugs, maybe he did this, or maybe he had done that. Okay. None of that warrants capital punishment. And if you can't see that, there's some, there's something wrong. You know, you got, you got all these people and I've got religious issues. I do. And I, I don't, I don't fault anybody for their beliefs. We're all entitled to our own. But, you know, you've got people on one sentence that'll post something religious and um, and then on the next, you know, spew nothing but hatred. And it's, it's if, if your religion spews any kind of hatred, it's time to change religions. It's time to change what you're doing. You know, the fact is, what hit me so hard is, you know, I... Look, will you? You know, I I don't even know who to use in the example. We'll we'll take LeBron. We'll use LeBron for an example. Multi multi millionaire, well known all around the world. For the most part, there's a few people out there that don't know who LeBron James is. They'll know the name, but they wouldn't know him if they saw him. He and I could walk in to a restaurant together. Maybe a little mom and pop diner. Let's let's do that, you know, because you know most corporations hopefully are are weeding this stuff out. But you know, I, I could walk in somewhere with LeBron, you know, and here I am making you know fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year on a good year, and it's got this man that's got multi, multi millions of dollars, all kinds of charity work on TV every day. Um never met him, but he seems to be an all around pretty damn good guy. Um, you never hear him in the news for doing something stupid for cheating on his wife or, or, you know, whatever. I mean, he just, you know, and that has nothing to do with the color of his skin that has to do with his character, by the way, but he and I could walk into a restaurant together and here in 2020, you're still going to have a few people that think I'm better than him. They might know because of his size that he's somebody, maybe, if they don't know who he is. But they're going to they're gonna look at him differently and think I'm better because of the color of our skin. Now, the good thing about all this that I've seen is the amount of people, not just black, out there, in the protests and in the marches. They're together. They're unified. 
they won't change. You know, I used to always pride myself on on somebody that, that didn't see color, that just saw people for people. And I can't be like that. If I don't see color, I don't see their experience, and I can't help make a change. You know, my voice, despite how little or how big it may be, can be used for good. Um, if anybody out there can, you know, wants to sit there and try to justify to me anywhere this, this stuff going on, then it's just not a conversation to be had. I'll be the first one to say that, no, not all police are bad. But the thing about the police department is every other, just like every other job, except they have that kind of control and power in their hands. And, uh, you know, you're going to have good and bad people everywhere you go because of the human factor. And some of these people, you know, they can pass these tests that, that police forces and agencies put them through. Um, they, 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 they need stricter monitoring programs. Maybe they need to figure out a better way to try to, you know, if there's any hate in anybody's heart, you know, to try to find it. If there's any kind of underlying issue that could prevent, you know, prevent you from being unbiased or, or prejudiced, you know, in your line of work. You know, they, they need to figure that out. Um, I'm not much I'm not much on the federal government stepping in and doing a whole lot, but you know, when it comes to when it comes to the police departments, I think it would be good to have federal guidelines on training so they're all they're all doing the same thing as far as testing and training and and stuff to that nature. So you're not you're not having, you know, issues happen in you know, in the south or in the North that are different, you know, there's federal guidelines for everybody to be trained. Uh, you know, and I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't said anything about Juan Arbery or Breonna Taylor yet. And it's both tragic. It's infuriating. You know, for a guy to go out for a jog and a former police officer go out there and, and shoot him down because he thought he was a robbery suspect. <clears throat> when I was a former police officer, if you really thought that, you could have called 911. There was three of you. You could have just detained him until the cops got there. But no, what'd you do? You treated him like an animal, and you shot him down dead. For what? The fun of it? Because you thought you could? You thought because, you know, in Georgia that the color of your skin trumped his? No pun intended by that word, by the way. You know, the, the sad fact is, <clears throat> you know, we can sit here and, you know, everybody needs to be open for conversation. Everybody. You know, make, make people understand. You know, privilege isn't about 
having more money. And like I said, I apologize. I know I'm all over the place, but I didn't, I didn't want to write down anything. I just wanted to speak how I feel. You know, and that's why I use LeBron as an example a minute ago. Like I said, it's not about the amount of money or the size of your house. The fact is, I still have privileges that LeBron James don't. And we're in 2020. And if there's just one person, one, left out there that looks at somebody different because of the color of their skin, or there's one person left out there that they're, son or daughter won't tell them that they're dating outside their race because of how they may feel. That's one too many. You know, I mean, if you do your research, when Colin Kaepernick started his his protest, he sat down, sat down on the bench. And then the Green Beret he spoke to told him that setting down was disrespectful. <coughs> told him he should kneel. What'd Kaepernick do? He started kneeling. He got up off the bench. And again, I, I never, I never put him down for it. I never defended him for it either. Just that it was his right. That's what he wanted to do. He had every right to do it whether you liked it or not. And, and, you know, we've, we've got such, you know, couch warriors, as I like to call them. A lot of people do too, but you know, the people that sit there and yell at the TV during a football game or a baseball game, basketball game, whatever they might be watching. And for all those people that sit there, and I will say one of the other things I said was that, you know, I sit there and watch, you know, I watch just about every sport there is. Diehard Dolphin fan, diehard Laker fan, and love my Yankees. But, you know, I don't, when I'm sitting in my living room, now I will say this, if I'm at the the field, which doesn't happen often, I can't remember the last time I actually went to a game in person, that I will stand, and if I have a hat on, I take it off. Um, And, but, you know, the majority of us watch watch these events from our living room. And are you going to tell me the people bitching and moaning about Kaepernick getting on a knee, got off their fucking couch or got out of their fucking lazy boy, stood up, <clears throat> put their hand over their heart, took their fucking baseball cap off, and sang the national anthem? Fuck you, man. No, you didn't. Fuck you. You know, I just... You know, you sit here and you hear these people talk about disrespecting the flag. I got two flags in my living room where both my grandfathers were in World War II. Had an uncle in Vietnam. My ex-father-in-law was in Vietnam. Known a lot of people that went overseas and fought for this country. And you're going to sit there and talk about disrespecting the flag. Let's talk about that for a second. Are you going to sit there and tell me that not one of those people, we'll just talk about the athletes for a minute, not not one of those black athletes that knelt down during the national anthem had a, a father, a grandfather, 
an uncle, a brother that's that served in the military? Are you kidding me? I mean, you know, there, there's been countless number of black men over there fighting for this country too. And, you know, they, so you're going to sit there and tell me that that's what they're doing is they're disrespecting their relatives that went over and fought and died for this country. That's not what they're doing. And they're, they're trying to be heard. They want people to listen. They want me to listen. And, you know, I just, it just, it's, I I don't even know what to say sometimes. And in 2020, this is still an issue. In 2020, you have a police officer that puts his knee on the back of a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds because he thought he could, thought it was okay. You got other officers that just stand around and let it happen. Makes me sick. You know, you see on a lot of police cars, protect and serve. And I'll say it again. And it's not just police officers. I'll say this about, I am a firm believer that there is a whole lot more good in the world than there is bad. Are there bad people? Of course there is. But you know, if you stop and look around when you go to work every day, you go into work, you speak to people at the coffee pot, you speak to people in the break room, you sit there and you have good conversation with them. We go shopping. We smile at people, have conversation with people. Man, the majority of us are out here just trying to do the best we can. And we get along fine. That's what the majority is. But then you still have those people of power that make that, that make a black mother and father worry that when their child goes out, they won't come home. Not because of anything they did wrong. They could be out for a jog. They could be sleeping in their bed. They, they could get the police called on them for absolutely no reason at all. Because of something somebody thought they did. And then not come home. And seeing the videos... And George Floyd calling out for his mother. I'll tell you, you know, people can bitch and moan about the riots and the looting and all that stuff. If that, you know, I don't care if my child was 16 or 46. They would have had to kill me too. So his family's handled this a whole hell of a lot better than I would have. But the flip side of that is my child's white. So, you know, for whatever petty crime 
that he, the, they got called on him for for yeah, forgery, counterfeit. You know, do I think they would have put her on her stomach and put a knee to her neck and put her in handcuffs for for that? No, I don't. So where do we go from here? We move forward. But we we can't be, you know, the old saying goes, you take one step forward and two back. Well, this is something we can't do that with. There's no going back. You you can you you can have your views on on the way things are handled all you want to. But if you're passive like I've been, we are part of the problem. You know if if you want to get an inside perspective, you know, don't, don't listen to the people that are on the TV. And by that, I don't mean don't pay attention to it. You don't take it. Don't take their word for it. If you don't want to get somebody that you're, you're friends with and have a conversation about their experience opposed to yours. And I, 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 you know, and it's not a comfortable conversation to have. But we, we are in 2020. Knowledge is power. You know, every man is created equal. Are we? If you really believe that, treat them that way. You know, if you're laying in a hospital bed and you need a heart transplant or a liver transplant or a blood transfusion, can you not receive that if the other person's of different skin color? No. Think about that one for a minute. Would you, if your child was laying in a, in a hospital bed and, and needed needed an organ transplant and someone from the opposite color came in and you know offered to donate a kidney to your child so they could live would you tell them no would you would you think it wasn't good enough i don't know my, my, you know maybe maybe there's people out there that would it, it's you know it's tough to see what's in people's heart until the time until the time comes. When a time comes when when people have to take sides, when it's time to stand up, you can see the love, you can see the hate. And I promise you 
black, white, or indifferent, the instances that happened over the past few months does not speak for how the majority feels. Look hard at those protests. Look hard at those marches. Look at the unity that is being shown out there. So, out of all the tragedy, maybe some, maybe some hope can come out of this. Like I said, I learned a lesson. As bad as I hate to say it, my passiveness over the years is part of the problem. And I will not be passive anymore. I will continue to treat everyone with respect. I will continue to open doors for anybody. This is who I am. But I also have to change. And acknowledging things is the first step to change. I just... You know, this stuff keeps happening over and over and over again. And and, and the, the mistake that we've all made is the protests, you know, they stop. Everything gets back to normal. Anything that got broke during a riot or protest gets fixed. It gets cleaned up. But the lives aren't, aren't they're not back. Those people are still not with us. And for what reason? Hatred, stupidity. You know, I'm a firm I'm a firm believer that that we are all created equal. And if you look at someone or you treat anyone differently because of the color of their skin. There's no future in, the, in this country for you. That's not a threat to anybody. I'm not going to go out and start shooting anybody or anything. I don't want anybody to take it that way. But, you know, karma's going to catch up to people. You know, you want to get on social media. You want to spew your slurs. Talk about this, talk about that. You know, I saw something today that where this guy had posted something and somebody had shared it. Somebody said, why are you doing it? Why not? Show people, show people the hate. Somebody asked on the same post, I was reading through it. Where's this guy work? And they're like, man, don't do that. Why not? Guy might be a cop. You never know. And again, this is not an anti-police bashing or raid or anything. I mean, because like I said, you know, the, the the only bad thing with the with the police department is just like every job that we got, human the human factor. But with that post, that guy was, you know, maybe not a cop, but even a security guard or a manager of a business. Yeah, find out where he works. 
Show them who they have working for them. Because there's no place for hate. It cannot and will not be tolerated any longer. And, you know, being from Richmond, you know, now the big, the big argument on dependent with people is on the monuments. I'm going to give you a quick history lesson and please don't take my word for it. Look it up. Find the facts yourself. Everybody's arguing about the monuments. You got the one side that wants them to come down. You got the other side that says their history. Don't, don't kill our history. Don't, you know, don't kill our tourist dollars, blah, 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 blah. I've been here since 1987. And again, I'm speaking for me only. This is, this is just my personal view. I'm pretty sure I rode by the monuments going downtown and different places over the course of my 30-some years here. Never paid attention. I just didn't care. And history, in my opinion, belongs in a book. And it belongs in a museum. Yes, you teach history. You, you teach the children of today the mistakes of their parents, their grandparents, their great-grandparents, the mistakes of yesteryear. And hopefully we learn from them. And, and we move on. And we, we, you know, we do not repeat those mistakes but as far as the history lesson I was talking about, and I'll, I'll finish off with my thoughts on the monuments. You know, it's kind of funny. I'm not going to sit here and tell you my opinion on what the Civil War was fought over. A lot of people have their, their different opinions, and that's okay. You know, people interpret things differently. Um, but we'll, we'll, just, we'll address the Robert E. Lee statue. Robert E. Lee was asked by Abraham Lincoln to be in charge of the North's Army. He declined because he said he was a Virginian and his land was in Virginia and his family was in Virginia. However, Robert E. Lee detested slavery, and when the war was over, the North took his land, and he still stuck to his guns about a couple of different things. First off, he did not want the Confederate flag flew anymore. He said it was a symbol of a bad time in America and would continue to bring up those bad feelings. And he said he never wanted any kind of memoriam or statue of himself put up 
because, again, it was a reminder of a bad time in America. He did not want to be immortalized with something like that. And they did it anyway. So, what does that mean? can't tell you what it means to you, but I'll tell you what it means to me. Robert E. Lee had a choice. He could have been on the right side of history, but he chose to be on the wrong side because of some kind of whatever he felt toward the state of Virginia, being his home. But he knew it was wrong. And he didn't want to be immortalized for that at all. That's not saying anybody should change their opinion on him. But for those of you that are sitting there throwing a fit about the statue of Robert E. Lee being removed when they do it, seriously, and again, don't take my word for it. You know, look it up. Make your own decision. But if Robert E. Lee himself knew what kind of pain and hurt the rebel flag, well, Confederate flag, and a statue of him would do and didn't want it, We'll just take the flag out of the equation because that's not, you know, that's not, wasn't really his, uh, his decision to make. But a statue of himself. He knew what it would represent. And he didn't want it. Didn't want him to do it. So why is it so important to you? Why is it such a big deal to take it down? I mean, you can... You can put it in storage. Uh, you can move it to a battlefield that's been preserved for tourists. You can move it to where he's buried in Arlington. Do with it what you want to. But, you know, so why why is it so important for, for people? They want to keep it there when he didn't even want it to begin with. Stop and think about that one for a minute. And when you have 400 years of oppression, and especially in the city of Richmond, and people have to drive by that every day, you know, you you can't tell... You can't tell another person what should anger them or what should bother them or how they should feel when they have to explain to their children who that person in the statue is. That's not, that's not your, that's not your choice to make. And at the end of the day, if it hurts one person, that's one too many, put them in a damn museum somewhere. Who cares? I mean, we are in 2020. 
Leave the history in the books. And let's not make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Open your eyes, open your ears, and most importantly, open your heart. There's no place for hate in 2020. There's no place for racism in 2020. And I assure you, if you're somebody listening to this, getting angry over what I'm saying, and you think you're better than somebody else, I assure you, you're not. You never will be. And maybe if anything I've said that you're getting angry with, you know, maybe go look in the mirror and realize that like me, you, you were part of the problem. It's not easy to say that it hurts. It hurts me on the inside to think that maybe, you know, maybe with my passive, passive attitude over the years that, you know, not getting more involved to speak up that maybe, maybe some way that I've hurt people that I cared about because maybe, maybe I could have, maybe I could have made a difference. What I, I don't know, but that's the thing. I don't know. I can't give you a resounding no. Now, you know, if I'm standing there with somebody beside somebody, would I be beside them and take up for them and, and fight with them? You're damn right. You're absolutely right. 110% I would. But maybe if I got out and used my voice a little bit more, you know, I don't know. Maybe something positive could have came out of it. But that's, that's that what what's hurt, hurts me the most is that I don't know. I don't know that if by saying more over the years, like I said, I don't have the platform of a Howard Stern or one of these big networks or a famous athlete or anything of that nature, but, you know, when, when you add one voice, maybe you can add another and then another and then another. They say the best advertising in sales is word of mouth. You know, you can advertise on television, and the internet all you want. But in the community, you know, if somebody buys a car and their neighbor sees it, man, that's a beautiful car. Where'd you get it? Oh, I bought it from, from such and such at such and such. And I gotta go check that out. And maybe that's a bad, uh, comparison, but it's the same thing. Talk to people. Educate people. Take the time to ask your friends, your black friends, if they're okay. Ask them about their struggle. Ask them about their fears. You know, you might have a friend that, that's the thing that people don't understand, man. You could be working for a company and you're making $25,000 a year. And your CEO or one of your bosses could be a black man or a black woman making a hundred, hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a year, and you see them as so privileged because they make more money than you. 
what you fail to realize is what you go home with every day and what you leave the house with every day is fucking priceless. You don't have to worry about it getting pulled over and getting shot because of the color of your skin. You don't have to worry about, you know, somebody thinking something that you, that you're doing, you're, you're, you're there to do wrong or do them harm because of the color of your skin. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you to go to church. I'm not going to tell you to get right with whoever. It's just not my thing. But I will tell you to get right with each other. This is our fight. We're all in this together. And it's up to us to make this world a better place for our children. It's up to us to teach our children not only about history, but how to make history. This, this, what's happened the last couple of weeks, you know, it will continue to be talked about, but down the road, it'll be in the history books. And hopefully, not so many years down the road, we can have kids of all color looking back going, man, that, they really treated each other that way? Wow. You know, and know that we fixed the problem. But I'm going to tell you something, too. What make, you know, there's so much said about this generation coming up, about the younger people of this generation. They're better than us. They are. You can call them lazy. You can call them spoiled. You can call them entitled. You can say they're part of the instant gratification generation. But you know what? A lot more of them get out there and fight for what's right together than we ever did. So as much as we try to teach our kids, by God, we can learn from them too. So, again, these are my opinions and my opinions alone. If I, have, uh, if I offended or upset anybody with my opinions, I do apologize. <clears throat> That's not my intent. My intent was basically to say, hey, I don't know what I can do, but I'm damn sure going to try and figure it out. So, like I said, love one another. Let's move forward and never forget what we've been through these past couple months. And let's fix this shit together. Let's hold everybody accountable. Every single one of them. And if you're an American citizen, get out there and vote at every turn. 
let's let's stop giving let's stop giving people term after term after term after term they they say they're going to get in there and help change and you believe them get them in there and if they don't come re-election get them out we've got career politicians that's been in there since and on both sides of the aisle since i was a child you can't have new ideas implemented when you got people in there that still think shit from 40 years ago is okay because it's not it wasn't right then either but it's damn sure not now so to all my brothers and sisters out there I love each and every one of you I truly do and from the bottom of my heart I am sorry for being part of the problem and being so goddamn passive I should have listened. I should have asked. So that's about all I had to say when it comes to that. Hopefully next time I get on here, maybe Perry will be better and we can we can go back to drinking and, and having a little fun with it. And here we're going to cut to the interview with uh, Ginger Wolf I conducted a couple weeks back before all this got started, before Perry got sick. And... um we're going to put up some so, uh, social media links at the end of the show where you can follow Ginger and uh, all her travels and, and what she's doing and her, her pursuit to break the Guinness Book of World Records. I'm um, getting to get into that. And um, so till next time, you know me. Let it ride. And here's Ginger Wolf. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting here with a rising feature adult entertainer, the one and only Miss Ginger Wolf. Miss Wolf, how are you today? I'm well. How are you today? Well, like everybody else in our industry, just sitting back and waiting, I guess, trying to figure out where we go from here with uh, the lovely set of circumstances we've been given over the past few months. You look like you're doing well, though. Oh, just working, working, working. Just practicing. Practice. That's what you can do. Practice, 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 because I know you got the, uh, we'll get into it here in just a little bit, but Ginger is practicing to become a Guinness Book of World Record holder. That's exciting, though. It is. I am actually really excited. I put my application in a couple of months ago, and they just finally got back to me about it. So. And exactly which record are you going for? I'm actually going for three. Three? Wow. Look at you go, girl. But the one I am focusing on right now is the world's fastest inverted pole climb. I have to do, I think, three meters in 27.5 seconds or less. And I have complete confidence that you can do that. How are you? How are you practicing not being able to be inside the club? You got a pole set up uh, somewhere in, in, on your property, or? Mm, I have an X pole, so it actually comes with its own base, and I can just set it up outside. And then there's various core strengthening exercises, arm strengthening, leg strengthening. Yeah, I've seen a couple of your workout videos. Very impressive. Um, very, very determined. I'm, I'm, I've been impressed with you since day one, and actually, I, I didn't really know, because when I met you last year at the FDNC, and you came out, um, you know, doing this for 26 years, I kind of noticed, you know, I first picked up that, you know, the music didn't quite set with what you had coming out, but, you know, you... That you're... was just, like, a complete nightmare. I understand, but let, let me finish, because I'm trying to compliment you here. I, you would have <laughs> never, you would have never known. I was just like, oh, okay, you know, may, you know, th- thinking what I'm, I'm watching, and watching everybody's shows, you know, and trying to you know, trying to take everything in that was going on around me. And, 
you know, you, like I said, you came out and I'm watching the show and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, well. And then I found out later that the hard drive, well, the hard drives, the, the flash drives had gotten switched around and it was completely different music, but um, very professional. And you don't see that a lot with um, with some things like that. I've I've been around long enough to to where if you know just one song got got mixed up, you've uh, and I'm sure you've probably seen it too. Somebody screaming from the stage, "This isn't my song." Um, oh, yeah. And you know, you, I look at it is that it's not really anyone's fault. Sometimes stuff just happens and you got to roll with the punches. Yeah, I agree with you. That's what I said. I mean, you, you rolled with it like nothing ever happened. And then I found out later, you know, and then when they, when they allowed you to go back and redo it, I was like, ah, okay. Now it all made, it all ties together and all makes it all, sense. It all just works out real nice. It did. And, uh, you know, like I said, I was very impressed with your professionalism. And I was looking forward to, uh, to seeing you again this year. Yeah. But uh, alas, we have, uh, like a lot of things in our industry, it's been canceled, but that gives you, gives you another year. I mean, yeah. with, with your, your hard work and dedication, I guarantee that uh, you're going to kill it next year in 2021. I do have some really big plans in the making. So I'm super excited about having all this extra time. So, yeah, I mean, the one thing about it is you can, you can do one of two things as you can see what I've been doing with my time. I mean, we just, you know, revamped this, tried to, you know, Perry was in witness protection. So we had to find him and get a hold of him to, uh, get this up and running once again. And, you know, I'm actually, um, you know, contemplating maybe a move myself to, to go a little further South. I'm not real sure what I'm going to do, but you, you know, you can sit around and feel sorry for yourself or, or you can, you know, do like, you know, do like you you're doing and, and, and put hard work and dedication into stuff and, and be ready to relaunch when we're able to get, get up and going. Exactly. How's your social stuff like this keep you down? You got to keep trucking. Oh no, you can't stop. You can't stop. Are you doing anything online with social media? Some some sites? Um, you doing anything with that to get people out there to get them on and see what you're doing? Mm, I do have an OnlyFans account, so I'm working on that. And I do have a TikTok. It's not really like to get out there. It's more or less just to amuse myself because I, I love making people entertained you know i love entertaining people it's what i do oh you and, and you do it very well you do it very well, well. thank you i appreciate that what, and what's the only fans uh what's the only fan site the only fans it's basically like a uh, subscription-based facebook for adult industry entertainers and then what's, and, the, what's the uh what's the address for that uh it's gingerwolf at onlyfans.com Okay. Uh, You're on Instagram and Facebook, I'm assuming, as well, for everybody to keep track of you? I am on Instagram and Facebook. Because what I, I, I mean, I'm really interested. I I am following you as far as, um, because I keep watching. I I know this has put the the record back back a little bit with with everything we've been going through. What, what's the time frame on trying to, um, on trying to set the record? It really depends, because there's a couple of things that I have to get worked out first, because Guinness Book of World Records has a very long list of guidelines that you have to meet. So getting all of that put together and just ready to work is a little difficult. Yeah, I was reading over some of those before uh, uh, while we were getting everything set up. I was like, good Lord. (laughs) Oh, yes. They want to make sure that you are exactly what you say you are and you can do exactly what you say you can do. From top to bottom. Exactly. Yeah, one of one of the rules that I was reading over, and let me get back to it, was that you know had, everything had to be videoed as far as the measurement, as far as the pole, the distance from top to bottom. Um, yep. No help. Mm-mm. You got some of these. 
I also have to have my starting point and my finishing point taped. Yeah, I'm reading over that now. But you're permitted to wear shoes for the attempt if you want or record barefoot. So, I mean, you know, different people are uh, handle that differently. Some people prefer the barefoot and some people prefer the shoes. I guess shoes would help you for grip better if you needed them. Or Shoes would definitely help for grip. But if you're going to wear shoes, I wouldn't recommend the big shoes. Because big shoes are really, really heavy. And that weight can really go against you. So during all this, you, you've got had plenty of time to... Uh, to sit down and get it get it all straight, I see. So, I mean, you know, I got I got faith in you that this is going to happen, and I, I can't wait. I I had uh, I told your manager that when you know once y'all got it set up and ready to go for the date, that let me know, and I would uh, I would definitely if able with all this because uh, before it all started, I was definitely going to be there. But um, you know, opening up travel, you know, I've noticed where places have opened and you know reopened and then closed again. So I guess it's just going to depend on on when and where that you're able to to accomplish this, but. Um, you said uh, your home club. Where is that at? It's at Scores Mooresville, North Carolina. North Carolina. And you, know, you said earlier, y'all getting ready to reopen here soon? Yes. My boss said that we are supposed to reopen this Friday, the 22nd, if I remember correctly. Now, that could possibly change. You never know. But as far as I know, we're supposed to be opening up on... The twenty second. Now they told you what kind of restrictions may be in place once you once you guys are do reopen. Not yet, but they were joking about getting me like a Darth Vader respirator mask. Darth, I was like, I'll dance in that. Don't tempt me. Yeah, Darth Vader or Bane, either one, right? Get them. Yeah. No, I've been reading. Although, honestly, I think Darth Vader is a little overdone. I would prefer to do Bane. So. Well, I'm sure whichever one you do, you'll make it look good. I got faith in you. Always. But yeah, you know, like here, I'm, I'm based in Richmond, Virginia, and the counties actually, you know, they started phase one of reopening on uh, the 15th. The mayor talked to our governor and they put the city back um, to the 28th for phase one and the bars and the nightclubs and the adult industry clubs are all based in phase three. So um, we might we might be looking at the uh, middle of August towards September before we get to work back around here again. Mm-mm. I would go insane. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> I have been there, done that, slept a lot, uh, trying to figure out what my next move is going to be. You know, I'll tell you, you know, being, being from, you know, the South here in Virginia, one of the things doing this for 26 years, I always wondered how I would actually do in a bigger market. So, um, that, that might, might be my next step out there. So I'm just, uh, not real sure yet. Still, like I said, still contemplating, but I'm, I'm glad you guys are getting to reopen and I'm glad you're staying busy. And, you know, again, I can't wait to, uh, to come down, see you guys again. And I was looking forward to doing to seeing you guys with the FDNC again this year. But, um, you know, so like, like the sports industry, everything's getting put off, but we'll, we'll be back. You know, it might be a little slow, but we'll be back bigger and better than ever and, and ready to do this. And I've got complete faith in you that, uh, like I said, with your work ethic and everything, I saw the professionalism I saw last year that the, this, the, the sky's the limit for you. I've got, I've got no doubt about that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. No problem. And, uh, Again, you can find her. She's on Instagram. She's on OnlyFans. She's on TikTok, which again I have uh, not ventured into that that space yet. But uh, I might get I might get bored enough and make an ass out of myself on a TikTok video. You never know. You should. It is a lot of fun, <laughs> honestly speaking. You just want a good laugh. That's all you want. You'll be sitting there dying at me on TikTok. Well, oh, you should yeah. do a TikTok. Now you want to chat, man, with a TikTok. 
Well, be you should do one of those. You should do one of those sexy girl dance videos. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord. Okay, I've been shot. Bikini top and everything. Don't don't tip me because I have no shame. Now, <laughs> now now speaking of sexy, when I when I actually sent him your information well, for us to get ready to do this, he he sent back. He was like, "Man, she looks like Scarlet from the Avengers." I'm like, "Uh oh, I tell her that now." So uh, he's a, he's a big Marvel Universe guy. So you as soon as I sent him your 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 information, that was the first thing he said, Scarlet. I'm like, oh, Lord. Bam. Well, Ginger, I appreciate your time. And, again, follow her on Instagram. Check out her OnlyFans. Make sure uh, we're, all, we're all going through this together. They're opening back in scores in Mooresville, hopefully on the 22nd of this month, where you can go see her. And uh, keep up with the social media information. And, uh, you keep up with mine as well. It's all there on the screen. As any time that she shares anything, I'm going to share it for you so you can know when uh, – Exactly, she's going to go for this Guinness Book of World Records and be forever ingrained for all of us. Ginger, you look amazing. I wish you well. Thank you so much. 